Okay. And in three. Three. Two. two one. Intro music. That's not it. What? He's no good to me, Dad. Intro music. Intro music. Bounty hunting is a complicated profession. Rob, I think we need at some point to like get all the clips of us dancing to our own music, <laughs> intro music. Cause you, you cut it out for like the four people who watch our YouTube. Right. Uh, you cut it out. Cause we have this great intro kind of uh, sliced up thing that Rob made, but every time Rob and I do something silly uh, and I feel like the fans need to see it. They need so to one see of these it. days we got to like have a, an, a director's cut Bantha milk style and <laughs> just have dance. all of our dance yeah. scenes out there. That's right. Hey, welcome back to another episode of Bantha milk podcast, banter and Beskar and Bantha milk. We're All a three. podcast. We How sure are you, are. Rob? I am wonderful. What? Welcome to 2021 as well. 2021. Yes, this is our first. Our uh, this. What, I guess you would call this our first episode. B. 2020 or a 2020 after 20 we got to figure out something for for 2020 to market as a reset on the calendar right yes a reset <laughs> uh, and rob i feel like every time we have a new episode there's some new star wars knickknack behind you i love it there is there's a new one right over here and the cool thing about this star wars knickknack i started making little youtube vignettes i guess maybe little short vi- uh, youtube clips because you know trying to build a little youtube base there and i'm calling them the uh the star wars spotlight dance and uh it's it's in reference to one of my favorite movies of the 80s but i won't tell you which one you'll have to figure that out maybe somebody out there knows it so if you know it like subscribe comment down below let us know what movie is spotlight dance from and it's not footloose um so I'm trying to do like little five minute, three, five minute video clips, just something Star Wars related. Uh, Episode one, I talked about our good friend who ran around carrying the ice cream maker under his arm. Um, That's right. And then episode two, I built the Lego um, Razor Crest back there. And it's all in like fast forward timeline stuff. So you... See, Obviously, he built the pre-end uh, of season two version of yes. the Razor Crest. Yes, uh, I'd like to see you the build on the on the after season two one day. I'd be very interested in that build. So I so <laughs> wanted to then blow it up, like drop it from nope. the second story window or something like that, to make it really screen. Uh, screen authentic. How do you do it though? How do but you do that? I can't. That's it was, it was all a that Christmas labor. Gift. Yeah, it was three hours worth of work. It was a Christmas gift, and it wasn't the cheapest piece of Lego back there either. So, uh, hey, if you want to support Bantha Milk Podcast in our endeavors <laughs> to be creatively realistic, that's right. Send us a Lego Razor Crest, and we will. In real t- in on on our YouTube channel, we will post a video of us building it together. Yep, and then maybe I don't know, putting some C four or something in. There you go, and then blowing it up like they did in the movie. In <laughs> That's the it, series. right there. Right there. That is your incentive. Go ahead and send us an email, uh, something like that. Go mm-hmm. ahead and send. We'll we'll let you know where to send it, and we will we will make it authentic for we you. Will but until then, that's right. <laughs> until then, we are here, and we ha- I do actually have a little bantha milk. You might have seen I was drinking a big old glass of vodka. No, that's just water. You know, just it's very water. important to stay hydrated, ladies and gentlemen. 
Yes, um, it is. But but I do have just my trusty glass of bourbon here to get us through what is going to be a countdown. We are going to wrap up season two of The Mandalorian. And I got to tell you, I think they took what they did with season one and they punted that ball. They punted yes, that they ball. Did. It's a very good one, right? It was a very good season. All the way around, it was a great season. But right. uh, before we do that, we got a couple of house cleaning things we have to do. So, Nick, why don't you tell us all about our social meds? Hey, if you're interested in more Star Wars info, want to chat, or even want to send us some Star Wars drink recipes, please be sure to check us out on all of our social meds platforms. You can catch us on Instagram and Facebook at Bantha Milk Podcast, Twitter at Bantha Milk. You can email us at BanthaMilkPodcast at gmail.com or even check out our website, BanthaMilkPodcast.com. And don't forget to check out our sister podcast over at the Ears Up Network. Our friends over up, over at Ears Up help us a whole lot. So give them and their many shows a listen. Their shows include Ears Up, Ears Up in Depth, The Supreme Resort, and Scraping the Vault. Also be sure to check out their Patreon at patreon.com slash ears with a Z up. For as little as $2 a month, you can help support our show. Any donations sent their way directly help us here at Bantha Milk Podcast and comes with great perks. So please check them out today. You know, Rob, one of these days we're all going to be replaced by androids. I'm we just will. saying. I was all set to, to talk to everyone about my social meds and some robot did it for me. It's somebody, somebody anyway, sounding just like us did it for us. Now you know how to go ahead and send us that Lego Razor Crest set, That's right? right? Get in touch and we will blow that bad boy up. We sure uh, will. But as we sip on our Bantha milk and we prepare to talk about season two of The Mandalorian, I am sure that there is more going on in the Star Wars world than just The Mandalorian. And, uh, you know, I hear it's a pretty big news uh, week just generally in the world, but I'm tired <laughs> of world news. Maybe yes. we can hear some news from out of this world. Let's hear some news from somewhere else. Star Wars news. Right. Yeah, so Nick, I, think I the have news from a galaxy far, far away is going to depress us a lot less right now, uh, Rob. So why don't you talk to me? Make me you happy. Are, you are telling me that is for sure. So just a, I have two little news articles that I thought are pretty cool. Um, the first one came from Disney Plus itself. So, I, you oh, know, we, we subscribe from the horse's to mouth. it. From right, the mouse's right of, mouth, I guess. From the mouse's mouth. That's right. <laughs> so got an email from Disney Plus just letting you know. The entire Star Wars collection, the timeline that it goes in. So, the, in the email, they're basically promoting their own web, their own uh, streaming channel, saying there's 15 stories from a galaxy far, far away that you can watch, and they went and order showed us in order how you can watch them all. So it starts with the Phantom Menace, then Attack of the Clones, and then the Clone Wars, the cartoon movie. Followed yes, up by Oh gosh. Revenge. By the way, one of these days we need to do a breakdown of the Clone Wars cartoon movie because it's one of the <laughs> only movies in my life that I've walked out of the theaters on. No way, really. Oh, it was so That's, bad. It was very yeah, bad. It was pretty bad. Uh we have that we have the, the original holiday special we have to do as well. Because that That's was, true. Yeah, we got a lot backed up here that we got mm -hmm. for our fans for our, our Patreon page that's coming. That is coming, yes. <laughs> Probably. Uh, T B D uh, followed by Revenge of the Sith, Solo, Star Wars, Rebels, Rogue One, and then the three originals, A New Hope, Empire Strikes Back, Return of the Jedi. And then this is where, you know, it gets, not, I don't want to say blurry, but like they start adding a lot of stuff. The Mandalorian follows Return of the Jedi. Following the Mandalorian is when they say Star Wars Resistance 
uh, took place, right. which we've talked about mm-hmm. that a lot in comparison. And for some reason, I kept thinking that Star Wars Rebels also took place around the same time as The Mandalorian because we've seen now so many characters from Rebels in The Mandalorian. Right. But that actually took place before A New Hope. So, you know, and when we talk about it, you know, we always talk about how old Ahsoka is now in comparison to what she would have been, as well as uh, um, the female Mandalorian. Uh, oh, Bo-Katan. Bo-Katan, thank you. Uh, mm-hmm. Because they were in, both in Rebels, which took place way before A New Hope did. Uh, and then you have the three greatest movies, A Force Awakens, <laughs> Last Jedi, yeah. and Rise of Skywalker at the end of that. Now, to your point, uh, there has been like some discussion, and Dave Filoni kind of interjected himself into this discussion as to the timeline as well, because I think everyone just kind of assumed that the way we're seeing things is the way that lo- they lined up. Uh, but there, there's a rumor that there's a, there's a time jump between the last, the second to the, the penultimate and the ultimate scenes of uh rebels uh where they're saying that that last scene of rebels might be after the mandalorian okay right and so and so all of rebels happens before um the mandalorian and before uh the original trilogy um and we all just kind of assumed that when ahsoka was going off to find we assume find ezra it was right after that but dave filoni kind of said that might not necessarily be the case so we might we might be seeing uh, Ahsoka in the Mandalorian and in her new series that we're going to see. And this might actually even be before the last scene that we see in Rebels. So it's I, I, I don't know that he definitely said that as that's going to be the case. Okay. But I think he wanted he, he he'd at the very least put that out as a red herring for some for us to not think we know. Right. Uh, yes. What What's going on? I think that's fair for us to, uh, to yeah. assume. As because well. I did hear the same thing that he said, you know. We're so used to everything being so linear that some of this is not necessarily as linear as as, as we may think it is. So right. there is as is the Star Wars tradition, right? Of course, yes. To go middle, um, then beginning, then end, all that good stuff. To uh, to add to what you're talking about here, Rob, Star Wars did actually put out an official timeline that kind of lays out because uh, there was a big launch event this week uh, for Star Wars: The High Republic. Uh, there's actually some kind of internet hullabaloo out there that says that Mark Hamill's uh, involvement in the last episode of the Mandalorian might've taken this, the wind out of the sails a little bit for the high Republic launch event. Okay. Um, which, you know, whatever, uh, whatever. Uh, but yeah, so they, they have been talking about this new era of star Wars that we're going to be seeing called the high Republic. Um, and so there's been some information that came out about that this week. Uh, we've seen some comics, we've seen some books released, uh, and they, they did release kind of like, like you said, there this order, but it's it's almost like there are now these one, two, three, four, or five big um, eras of Star Wars that we're going to see, and the very first of them is the High Republic era, uh, and so this is set somewhere three to four hundred years before. Uh, the Phantom Menace and Attack of the Clones, and uh, we're going to see a younger Yoda. We're going to see a, I, I would imagine the Jedi going into the height of their hubris, the height of their power. Uh, the next big era uh, that they've listed is the Fall of the Jedi, uh, and the Fall of the Jedi uh, encompasses the Phantom Menace, Attack of the Clones, Clone Wars, and Revenge of the Sith. Uh, after that comes the Reign of the Empire, which includes the Bad Batch, which is the new Star Wars. Uh, animated show coming out yeah. uh, and as well as solo, a star Wars story uh, after that uh, is the age of rebellion. 
right, which includes Rebels, Rogue One, A Star Wars Story, A New Hope, Empire Strikes Back, Return of the Jedi, uh, after which we get The New Republic, uh, which is The Mandalorian. That's the only thing we have kind of in that area right now before we get into our last, I guess you could call it era, big era of Star Wars, which is The Rise of the First Order, uh, which is where we have The Resistance, The Force Awakens, The Last Jedi, and The Rise of Skywalker. So again, uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, actually six big time periods that have been introduced now and it looks like now they're kind of working on the ones on the outside okay uh, you know we go the the high republic the fall of the jedi the reign of the empire the age of rebellion the new republic and the rise of the first order right and so they're they're really expanding this timeline out which i'm really excited about which means we're gonna get to see all sorts of new content new stories with new faces awesome yeah awesome i like that a lot um one other news that i have for you have you ever heard of, uh, well, we've talked about this numerous times. Our good friend, John Fabro. Yeah, our buddy. Our John. buddy, John. Johnny. 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 Hey, what a guy, John. that Johnny Fabs. He is awesome. He has us over, you know, once a week. We hang out. We watch TV, stuff like that. He's actually downstairs watching the news with my wife. There you go. That's awfully nice yeah. of him to do they're, that. They're yeah. talking politics, and, and they're they're discussing life, you know. Yeah, I hear you. Johnny Johnny Fabs. Johnny Fabs. So he and he's, <laughs> we've talked about how he invites all of his friends into they've all been in the Mandalorian anybody that we were like oh John Favreau worked with this guy on this movie or he was with this guy in this movie blah 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 so there's a new one of John Favreau's friends that looks like he's joining the Star Wars universe uh, oh yeah Vince Vaughn oh yeah Is they're that, gonna do some swingers man some it's gonna swingers. be <laughs> yeah it's going back to the original uh that's right john favreau movie uh no unfortunately we haven't heard anything about vince vaughn yet but i wouldn't put it past him i would love come to on see... rob you can't you can't tease me like i that. know right six foot Un- six vince unacceptable. Vaughn just walking maybe he'll be in like a... he'll be the new chewy i was gonna say he'll be a new <laughs> chewy right. he'll, be, he'll be in a in a uh in a chewbacca suit but not what are they uh not ewoks um Oh my gosh, my mind! It's, a Wookie, a Wookie. Thank you, Jesus. It's a Wookie. You're it's letting okay. me hang out there too. You let me like throw the throw. The well, you know what there. happened is you know because of this COVID craziness, we haven't been able to have a person and person on the same. Per- so like my internet cut out just for a second there. It was like the internet decided you need to to do this on your own, Rob. You need this to is struggle. all you. <laughs> the, internet, the internet wanted me to struggle through the That's word right. Wookie. Yes. <laughs> anyway, so, so Vince Vaughn's so yeah, not so on board. Maybe, who is on board? Who, our, uh, his other good friend, Iron Man himself, Robert Downey Jr. Now, so all now Rob, I got to ask you, are you happy about this? <laughs> see, I see what you did hey! there. For Sorry, those that of was you... terrible, and I apologize. And if you just turned off the podcast, <laughs> I, I don't know what to tell you at this point. Uh, for those of you who have never heard of a Marvel movie ever, uh, John Favreau's name in the Marvel movies is in fact Happy. So that's Happy where, Hogan. That's, that's where Nick went with that one. <coughs> oh, yeah. Uh, so yeah. By the way, love me some Marvel. I've been watching a lot of Marvel movies uh, since we've been working from home uh, because that's what you do when you're stuck at home is you you watch movies and when you have Disney Plus. Um, so yeah, I am, and I think it, it's no surprise to anyone that uh, they would try and get RDJ considering. He was what made, I, I mean, say what yeah. you will, I think he, he is what made the Marvel Universe so successful. Is 100%. Not only is he just outstanding, uh, but it was his enthusiasm for everything. Uh, he's one of those guys that goes to hospitals and visits kids as Iron Man. He's mm-hmm. one, like he, he really embraced these roles. Um, and he also used his, his power 
uh, within these, I feel like these, I, 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 you'll always find complaints and stuff, but I have, I've heard some stories about him using this power of his sort of leverage over the creative process in, in helping his fellow cast members too. Nice. Um, and so I don't know, he, he seems like a stand up dude. He is a great actor and he, again, every, I feel like he steals this, this show and everything he's in. He would make a great star Wars character. Yeah, so, I don't know what that's going to be. I've seen some mock-up images of of the potential for him being Thrawn. Yeah, I don't so so the beginning of the that. week, the beginning of the week, it was just Robert Downey Jr. is going to be in Star Wars, and then everybody started speculating he's going to be in a spinoff show, he's going to be in a movie, he's going to be this, he's going to be that. By the end of the week, now it's that he's going to be Thrawn. So that'll be. Interesting. I gotta say, if I don't know if that's true, and I I don't put it past him to be able to pull off Thrawn. Um. For those of you who did not watch Rebels, you need to go watch Rebels. I've said it a million times on this yes. podcast. If yes, you haven't listened have. to me by now, you're wrong. Go watch Rebels. Go watch Rebels. Um, Thrawn is one of the coolest villains in 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 Star Wars, hands down. Uh, I mean, forget about the fact that like he he's cooler than lots of Sith, and he he's not even he has no use of the Force. Like he's just yep. a calculating, awesome yep. dude. Mm-hmm. Um, forgive me if I'm wrong. I think he's like a Tarascasi master, right? He's like he's like one yes. of the hand hand yeah. combat uh-huh. guys. Yes. Um, but either way, he is awesome. But he he his whole thing is like calm, calculated, mm-hmm. sort of not. And Robert Downey Jr. is the sarcastic, smug guy. So I feel like if they cast him in this role, it would be a very big departure for him artistically. And I don't think he couldn't do it. Uh, I think it would be one of those roles that de- like redefined him as an actor, uh, sure. which could be kind of cool. And, and it would also be good because, I mean, he's played Iron Man for 10 years or so. so uh, I was a senior in high school, so 15, 15 plus. Yeah, so, I mean, yeah. he we've known him as Iron Man and as that smug, egotistical, you know, type of character. So it mm-hmm. would be really cool to see him not play that same character again. Sure. So I'm sure. And if they're going to bring in someone to be Thrawn, I don't want Thrawn to be a throwaway character. Right. I want Th- Thrawn is the sort of the sort of villain that needs to be consequential. Yes. Uh, he's not a. Well, I, I feel like I get the feeling that Giancarlo Esposito's uh, um, Moff Gideon is a Mandalorian bad guy. I don't want RDJ to be a bad guy for. I want he needs to be an overarching. Like Thrawn needs to be a villain that is like on level of Darth Vader or on level of, uh, you know, uh, any any one of these Sith that people know of or, or uh, you know, uh, Captain Phasma. I guess she was over three movies and she was kind of lame. Yeah, uh, they they really hyped her up. But this is a character that needs some, I, I think, some delicate handling. And I really hope they give him the treatment. Yeah. And I think. If he watches Rebels at all and sees how he, how this character was portrayed in Rebels, I think he can pull it off greatly. And I sure. think I think he'll be a great. And the character itself is such a powerful character that if he plays it right, they could easily throw him in the Bo-Katan series. He could come over and even over top of Giancarlo Esposito in The Mandalorian or even in another movie somewhere else. So they could definitely get him to go in multiple places because he's yeah. such a high-ranking official and such an important official that he definitely could be a super a super villain. And and just just another kind of for those of you who don't know anything about Thrawn, I think uh, the choice of Robert Downey Jr. would be perfect for him because he's really good at playing imperfect 
characters. Yeah. And not to say that Thrawn doesn't have precision and stuff, but the whole point of Thrawn is he's this Chiss, and Chiss are these blue... They look humanoid enough. And the whole thing with uh, with the Empire uh, and with Star Wars, that uh, if you don't watch some of the stuff that is in the movies you might miss, is that they're extraordinarily racist, right? The, the Empire likes humanoids, right? Uh, and so, like, all throughout the Empire's reign, if you're not a human, you don't look like someone from Earth, you're discriminated against. And so here's this Chiss, and Chiss are humanoid enough looking, uh, but they're blue. They're Their very blue. completely blue. Their eyes, eyes are usually pretty red. Yeah. Um, and so he's an alien, and that's considered in the Empire to be not so good. Uh, you're you're looked down on as a lesser thing, and here's this this chiss that, despite this, becomes this enormously high ranking. I mean, think about all the movies that we've seen. Have we ever seen a ranking member of the Empire that is not a humanoid? I don't think so. No, not a, not a. Um, uh, we I mean we see in some of the extended media we see some aliens as as Sith and stuff like that, uh, but not in the Empire really. So here's this alien creature who is who is like again. Uh, this Chiss, who's who's kind of mysterious, and he he rose through the ranks despite all this. So I think I think it'd be really cool. We'll see what they do with it, but I think if they're going to use a high profile character or actor like Robert Downey Jr., it needs to be a consequential character. So yeah, yep, we'll I agree. So that's it for the news that I have. Do you have any other news? Hey, me too. That's it for our right. Star Wars news. So that's Star Wars news. Star Wars news. All right, Man, the end go. of that, it always reminds me of like an old school AM like talk show. My dad used to listen to AM talk shows all the time when I was a kid. And we just get those ding, 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 ding. That's great. Yep. Anyway, thanks. Well, Big shout out to, to Brian for, for yes, writing that to for Brian us. Yes, Brian for doing that for us. He did a great job and it's a, it's a fun yes, little, uh, little uh, whatever they call them. I forget what they call it. That's um, that's I don't know. Well, we don't, don't need know, to know because because we're we're here to podcast about Star Wars. He that's was there right. to write us to write to about write our us, jingles here, but cool we are here course. now to talk about the Mandalorian. We just finished season two. We wrapped up season two, and we uh, we've made our little tradition. This is our second year here, so it's been our tradition at the end of the season to chat about, go back, talk about the overarching sort of themes of the of the season, and give our ranking of our episodes, the least uh, you know least liked to most liked because people really love lists. They love lists. People love lists, and here's a list for you. We have – it can't be our top ten. People it like can't. top tens. There's only eight That's episodes. A, can we add to, like, random episodes <laughs> Just, from another sitcom? From Any other show? Else, number ten, <laughs> that one episode of Three's Company where Jack Tripper fell down. That's just, yeah, number nine, the season uh, season six of Frasier. <laughs> there we go. That's right, it. That's All right, it. here now we are. Into the, that's it. Now we're into the eight important episodes. That's right. <laughs> Three's Company and Frasier taking up the man seventies and eighties sitcoms. Apparently, there you go. Boom, done. <laughs> here we are. But right. yeah, so let's just talk really quickly. Kind of give us an overarching theme of our of our season two because we started season two. Uh, sort of on a, a cliff of what what happens next with Grogu. We didn't know Grogu's name yet. We didn't even know his name was uh, was Norman yet. Not even yeah. We time. were we were still calling him the uh, child, the child. Yeah. Or else uh, what do we call him? Udal. Udal. We used to call we him Udal, Udal on this podcast. Yeah. Um, yeah. We we like to change pretty much everything on this podcast right. when it comes to anything. But we make it our anyway. Own. Yeah. Um, so he starts off, and it's it's basically the armorer says you gotta you gotta take Grogu home. Right, and you so gotta we don't know where home is, but we got to take him to the Jedi. So he, so uh, Mando knows, Kyle knows that he needs to find some Jedi, and the way to find some Jedi is 
to find other Mandalorians. More Mandalorians, that's right. And then other Mandalorians can help them find the Jedi. So that was basically the overarching storyline of this season was that Kyle needs to get Norman back to his own kind. Either other uh, Yoda-like creatures, which Yoda creature doesn't have a name. Am I... Yeah, we still, again, uh, we we have had mention of the fact that there's been, which is weird because Ahsoka said I, I knew only one other type of, of this creature. But again, we know, that, and we talked last season about the fact that they've been making sort of a big deal in Star Wars about Yaddle, the yes. other of, of the creature of whatever Yoda is. Uh, they, they mentioned Yaddle in uh, Star Wars Fallen Order. And we thought for sure, well, this must be Yoda and Yaddle's love child, right? Yes, but, but now, no mention of Yaddle. This, no mention this of Yaddle at all. So, so yep. yet another one of our our predictions tossed out the window. Tossed out the window, right out the drain. So I'm not calling it out yet, though. It could still happen. <laughs> Maybe season three, we we run into Yaddle. That's so, right. So yeah. So uh, so basically, eight episodes long of uh, Norman trying to find his people, but in the process, we. Uh, have some bad guys who come in because they want Yaddle still. Or not we get a little bit want... of Mandalorian politics this season yes. too, which is which I love. I hope you get more of that next season between uh, views on what is Mandalorian, conflicting views, right? Because we yep. have on one hand Kyle's kind of upbringing in this cult, and then we have we we encounter our first Mandalorians outside of this cult. They take their helmets off challenges Kyle's beliefs of who he is and what it is to be a Mandalorian. And yet these Mandalorians have their own stigmas and prejudices as to what it means to be a Mandalorian. Um, so lots of, again, philosophical discussion about yes. what it means to be a Mandalorian. It's good stuff. And even <laughs> some contradictions within themselves. What yeah. uh, Boba Fett at one point says he's Mandalorian. And then in the next episode, they say he's not a Mandalorian. Yeah, and he's like, ah, it's fine. Okay, yeah, sure, I'm not a Mandalorian, whatever. Yeah. So, <laughs> a little confusion there. Uh, yeah. But yeah, so and a lot of parenthood uh, overlying aspect. Kyle becoming more and more attached to baby Yudel, to little Norman there. And, and vice versa. And vice versa. And then yes. them actually becoming a family versus just a quest. Uh and yeah, and you know, it's funny because I've been watching my, – my mother-in-law did not watch the – and she's a big Star Wars fan. So we've been when, – when, you know, she came over the holidays and we kind of showed her some of it. And I hadn't watched the first season in a while. And it's remarkable to see the difference in the way that Din Djarin handles you, uh, Grogu in the first season. Like the first episode or so, he grabs him by the collar of his – of his, his like little cloak jacket and like lifts him up like a cat. <laughs> okay. You know, like, a, like he scruffs him like he's a cat and drops him in his, in, in this second season, he picks him up like he's his little baby. Like he's every his baby. Time. Yeah. He's like cuddling him and, and, uh, and, cur and not caressing, but like being more careful with him and taking yeah, care so of him. So it more. is really interesting to see that yeah. not only did they, they make that a part of the show, but they, they did that little nuanced sort of ways of, of, of showing that growth of character development and, uh, relationship. And I think the biggest character development was in that 15-minute arc with uh, with our good old friend, the comedian. Oh, yeah, uh, Bill Burr. Bill Burr, when he, he in the one episode— Mayfield, right? Mayfield, in the one episode, he has such an epiphany to how bad the Empire is and what he needs to do now. He did a better job of that in one 15-minute segment than— 
they did in the entire last three episode, the last three movies oh, yeah. with Finn. It took Finn that, three and that, movies. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, yeah, and that that was a real, and that was a testament to Bill uh, Bill Burr's acting too. You know, a lot of times comedians, you know, you, you kind of figure they can be funny; they don't have to be actors. But man, can Bill Burr act? Like, yeah. Acting is is all like, you know, people think that acting is dialogue and acting is is kind of delivery of lines. But acting uh, if you talk to many trained actors, they tell you that acting is in the eyes. Um, And if you watch the facial expressions of of uh, his character during that and we'll talk I guess we can talk about it when we talk about that episode but um, if you watch his facial reactions and the like the slight sort of ticks and yep. man he really kills that that sort uh, of you can see him ticking and ticking until you see him snap and all of a sudden and when and he, he snapped said, he snapped all the way so yeah. and it was great because it was it was what you wanted to see especially for that whole episode because in the beginning you're almost rooting for the empire because you know they're they're the pilots you know flying the thing in so you're kind of rooting for the empire to save the day and then at the end you're like oh yeah we hate the empire you know yep. like it was and, and they even when they when they get in and they get out of that uh they get out of the truck basically and like all their buddies start like clapping them on the back and cheering and it's like they're standing there like we're here to kill you all yeah <laughs> <laughs> y'all are y'all are like high-fiving me and like slapping me on the butt but like but i'm, you gonna, no I'm gonna kill every gonna, single one of you i hate you all i hate you all so yeah, so right. interesting moral complications there, but we are going to start right now Let's with our go. number eight on the list, and I am going to I'm going to go ahead and put it out there, Rob. We have this one, the same one. We right? have this one exactly. Am I, the am same. I right? I guarantee. Now, Rob and I, Rob and I are notorious for not talking about what we want to talk about before we get into because we want this to be a talk. We, it's banter. Yes. It is ba- that's the first word in the in the title, right? So we don't want to spoil. We don't want to waste the good stuff before we get on the screen, right? We right? Want, um, we don't so this is all re- live juice it. right yep. here, you know? So, um, so I just want to make sure you know none of this is rehearsed. I have not revealed to Rob my list. He has not revealed to mine. On three, I would just like you to tell me your least favorite of the entire series. One, two, three, the, the Jedi. Passioner. Oh, oh okay. <laughs> look at you. You tricked me. <laughs> yeah, so it is obviously the passenger. Right? Yes. So let's talk about uh, the passenger briefly. Do we have to? All right. Basically, no. here we go. <laughs> you know, and the, this... I fa- Again, we, we were apologists for the passenger all season. We were yes, like, we no, were. wait. Last episode, it's all going to tie it's in. Come Trust back. me. It's got to come back we're gonna, together Frog somewhere. Lady is going to save the day. And I don't get it. I don't get it either. And you know what's even the worst part about it was uh, I watched the – and I think I even talked about it on the last episode as well. I watched the Disney Plus behind-the-scenes for season two. Uh, when they did – they did the behind-the-scenes of season one. It was like eight episodes long because they talked about everything in such detail. Season two was a one one-hour thing. They were interviewing the director of episode two, and he was talking about how deep this person is and how this and how that and how – John Favreau wanted an ice planet, but they wanted it to be different than every other ice planet that they've been on. And, you know, really trying to sell how great this episode was. Not buying it. Sorry. It was the they worst could have episode. completely left this episode out. And yep. I don't understand how it would have changed anything. It wouldn't have changed anything without it being there. The only thing that would have happened differently is... He would have left episode one and landed on the planet for episode in episode three. three. Yeah, that's it. That's, like that, nothing of consequence happened except his ship got kind of a little more messed up. A little messed up. There were there was another sighting of X-wing pilots saving the day, but even when they saved the day, they didn't save the day. They blew up the spider, 
And they left. His, his ship was a You're mess. on your own. <laughs> and then they left him there. They're like, you're an outlaw. We saved you, but we're going to let you die here now. So have yeah. a nice day. Um, yeah, again, I, 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 maybe in season three, we'll see Frog Lady again, <laughs> and it'll all make sense. I, but I, I doubt I, it. I will say... Number seven through one, I think were amazing episodes. Yeah, I'm not complaining about like number seven on my list is number seven because number six, five, four, three, two, and one were so great. Uh, yeah, number eight, I could have left the passenger off this off this, oh, this easily completely, and I would have. Been, now I understand maybe they were trying to introduce some horror elements into everything. Right, um, that, this was supposed to be the horror episode because they were all being chased by the spiders yeah. and everything like that. So. I think I think it's best for everyone if we move on from this episode and yeah. leave it behind. But so the, let's the, move on to number seven. Real fast, the director's name was Peyton Reed. I hope they give him another episode to direct something better than this one. Because, something to redeem himself. Yeah, something to redeem himself. So, all right. So, so moving on to number seven. I, All right, because again, like I just said, Rob, every single one of these is it's going to be tough. I don't yeah. know that we're going to line up that well because I think every episode was great. I think I agree. our top couple will be pretty close. Yes, but it's it was a really a toss up. So what do you have for number seven? For me, for number seven, I have uh, season two, episode four, the siege. I do too. Okay. Yes, I do. Wow, and nice. All right, so we're two for two. Two so for far. two, and it's not because it was a bad episode. No, not even a little bit. It nope. was a good episode. When it came out, I was very excited for it. I probably watched it five or six times. I, I loved it, was... it. The reason I loved it, and it wasn't necessarily because of all the action that happened on screen, because the action that happened on screen was cool, but I thought it was great because it explained stuff. It gave us context for the movies. Yep. Um, it tied in sort of the plot line we have. It gave us some of the, oh, this is a cloning facility, clearly the Empire and its remnants are up to something no good to do something. And obviously that ties into Palpatine coming back in the movies. And I think that's awesome. Yes. Um, I don't necessarily know. There was nothing. I don't think that blew my mind this no. episode, but I thought it was a solid, awesome episode. Um, and, and it got the band back together. Right. It, and it was directed by Carl Weathers. It was right? directed so by we Carl, saw Carl Weathers. We, we got to see Gina Carano again. Yep. It, it reintroduced old characters. Um, it brought I, back Horatio Sands as the middle. Yes, that was, yes. <laughs> which is, he was a again. great episode one. He was one of the first uh, uh, characters we were introduced to. Um, so uh, yeah, I was I was a big, and it did kind of reintroduce us to Navarro and kind of show us it's been resettled. It's kind of yeah. a, an upstanding part of the New Republic now. Gina Carano is this deputy. So so it was a again, good episode. I, not like, a bad episode, but again. It, it's just all of these are, are great episodes. Yes, and, and it was just slightly less better than the one above it. And for, exactly. for you, go ahead, tell me your number six, and then I'll see. If uh, I number six, you. I had chapter nine, The Marshal. Oh, mm -hmm. oh yeah, The the Marshal. I, I wrote The Outlaw for some reason, but yes, me too. I have The Marshal. Okay, at, season at number two, six episode well. one. Season two, episode one. The Marshal, great. Yep. All right, man, we are, okay, so that's, that's three for three so far. Yep. Um, so again. This was a great episode. It was a great episode. It was fun seeing Timothy Oliphant pretend that he's Boba Fett. He was a cosplayer. He was a cosplayer. <laughs> it was fun. Seeing... He was an effective cosplayer. He, he, knew how to, he, he knew how to use the armor. He did. He, he knew what to do with the armor. He, it, it made we finally cool. got our on-screen presentation of, the, of an alive crate dragon. Yes. Yes. Right. So that, cool. that was great to see the sort of the power that that crate dragon had. We've been wondering since 1977, since we saw this random skeleton scattered on the mm -hmm. wastelands of Tatooine. Look at this big, fearsome creature. It must have been great. So we got to see what that looks like on screen, which so, is awesome. So it's funny because, you know, I've mentioned numerous times that I'm still playing the Star Wars Galaxies game. 
And in Star Wars Galaxies, when you go to Tatooine, you can kill crate dragons in Star Wars Galaxies. They're much different than this crate dragon, which I found interesting. They've done the same thing with Blurgs as well. Like the Blurgs that we've seen in this episode go along with the Blurgs from the cartoon from, uh, I think it's in Rebels. Right. But in Star Wars Galaxies, there's Blurgs in there that look completely different than the blurgs that we saw on on television. So yep. it was cool hearing crate dragon, and then I thought we were gonna see what looked like the crate dragons from Star Wars Galaxies. Star Wars Galaxies crate dragons are just basically giant bearded dragons. Yep. Um, this one was much cooler. This was almost this was like it was like an homage to Jaws. This episode, yeah, because sure. There was a lot of like scenes that were very similar to Jaws scenes. You know, almost they almost had the same line, you know, like we need a bigger boat. That's I, was right, waiting, yeah. I was waiting to hear that. Yeah. Uh, this one was directed by John Favreau. You could tell because he really he could tell he wanted to direct this one because it was the first one in the new season. So it was cool. It was a good episode. I was o- hoping that maybe we would see Timothy Oliphant in the big finale again. Yeah. Again, we we were really convinced that after season one. We, we figured out the formula. Yeah. Right? The, the, we were introduced to a ragtag band of scoundrels throughout the season. And then the last season, there's a big fight. And, and we're reunited with them. And it's it's just this big, happy adventure. And thankfully, we're wrong. Yeah. That's, not, it, the, it, that's not the way it went. And it, I'm really glad it's not formulaic. I love being wrong. Yes. Um, we, we thought that Timothy Oliphant and Frog Lady and Bo-Katan <laughs> and Ahsoka and were all going to storm uh, Starkiller Base. That's right. And <laughs> infiltrate everything. At the light. So, you know, it, it didn't happen that way, and I'm glad it didn't happen that way. Right. But, again, I'm not sure why they would have dropped such a big-ticket salary right. on a guy like Timothy Oliphant for one episode unless we're going to see him again. Which we could. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if we saw him in in uh, the book of Boba Fett because, again, yeah. there's definitely some unresolved stuff with Boba Fett here. We don't know why Boba Fett knew that uh, you know this this random marshal on Tatooine had his armor and he never went and got it from him. So yeah. I'd imagine there's a story there. We'll find out. A, excuse me, at some point, but we don't know what that is right now. Yeah, so maybe we'll see him again. Maybe we'll just see Boba Fett be really cool in his own spinoff series, which, by the way, uh, it has, you know, we don't need to say it, but I just want to because I I, want to be the one to say the news two months later. Uh, but the Boba Fett series will be a completely separate series from the yes. other series. So that's, that yeah, there was, good. there was some worry when it came out that we were seeing the end of the Mandalorian and it would pick a story up in the book of Boba Fett, but they came out. And I, I, we mentioned it, I think, the, the episode after it came out, I think I said, no, I'm pretty sure this is, and th- there, it, that's that proved to be the case, where the Mandalorian is going to continue on, and we're going to see Boba Fett pick up his own story, which is great. Yes. It's perfect. I mean, uh, Ming-Na Wen as Fennec Shand, uh, and, and you know, uh, Boba Fett, I mean, this they're, they're great characters. Yes. Uh, they proved this season that they can handle these kind of, this iconic character in a really awesome way. Yeah, they totally um, did. And so I'm excited to see Boba Fett kind of take up the mantle that Maul had earlier uh, in uh-huh. all these series. And maybe we'll see him continue that sort of dark. But again, Maul kind of Maul has always been this dark character, but we saw this semi quasi redemption arc in him. Yes. Uh, in Rebels, which wasn't a redemption arc, but it was a quasi redemption arc. Uh, so, again, I could see the the Boba Fett treatment being yeah, similar. Yeah, because 
uh, Maul went from a bad guy to he's not a bad guy, but he's not a good guy, but he's just out, not even out for himself. He's just out, he's out for, for redemption. Revenge. He's out for revenge. Yeah. And he's not, he's neither side. And I can see Boba Fett being the same way now where, you know, he's, there's no empire per se for him to work for. He's just making sure he's taking care of himself. So Boba Fett's going to be out for Boba Fett for number one right now. Yeah. And, and there, cool. there was, there was some, you know, there was some stuff that came out after, uh, you know, after the season where, you know, Boba Fett's armor got this paint job and, and got revitalized. Um, and they changed some of the colors and there's yes. some graphics out there that show that like beforehand these colors. And I guess, you know, I, I'm a pretty big Star Wars fan uh, when it comes down to it. I would say, you know, there are people who know way more about Star Wars than me. But when it comes to Star Wars knowledge, I'm definitely in the top one percent. You know, there's there's not there's a whole lot of people out there who like Star Wars. Um, but there are people out there who know way more than me, I guess, because I guess all the colors on Mandalorian armor have specific meanings. Yes. I read uh, that article they, also. I was when shocked. they repainted, there are some sort of, um, it was like gold uh, highlights. Reds. Yeah. Golds yeah. to reds. And these highlights mean, mean things like one was a, was a revenge sort of feeling. And now that he's got this red on his armor, it's, it's an honor. He's honoring his, his tradition He's honoring his father. He's honoring his, his heritage. Um, so again, Boba Fett is this character that is not a good guy, not a bad guy, but he's out to be, he's a man in the universe making his way. Right. And yep. so I think we're going to see him make his way in whatever way that's going to be. Whatever, and and I it's, I think it's going to be really, I'm really excited cool. About I'm it. very excited <laughs> about it. Very, very excited about it. All right. Yes, now indeed. this middle section here, I think is where it'll definitely get interesting for us. It'll divert for sure. So what because, do you have next? My friend, Because these top five could go in any particular order, I think, but yep. I have, the heiress season two episode three the heiress me too i have her next excellent me too look at that man we're uh we're right on target here we have on target stay on target target (laughs) so yeah so i thought it was cool i thought it was great for the introduction of bo katan uh yeah again this this was an episode for star wars fans right mm -hmm. this was this was like a love letter to to the people who don't just watch the movies, right? With the people who are invested in the animated series, in the books, in the extend, expanded universe. This was saying, hey, we, we realize that this is something that loads of people watch, but specifically those people who are really plugged in, this one's for you. Yeah. yeah. And and I, I, I definitely, you know, going into the season, trying to figuring out that he's going to be on this mission and, you know, he has to go find other Mandalorians. You know, Bo-Katan is the... Mandalorian from uh, Rebels that you want to go find. So I was really yeah. hoping to see her. So it was really cool that they did. Uh, and it was great that they used Katie Sackhoff, who was the voice of, of uh, Bo-Katan during Clone Wars and Rebels. Yeah. Um, I, I, and, you know, I just started watching this week uh, Avatar The Last Airbender. I don't know if you watch Avatar at all. Uh, I've, um, I, st- I watched half of, like, the first season. My son did watch all of it, and he was raving about how, how it's, good it is. Yeah, It's great, man. Yeah. And Dave Filoni is the director. Yep. Um, and it, sh- it like... I've had friends telling me for years to watch this and I just haven't had the chance. And I've, I just, I, well, I finished the first season in like three days. It's outstanding. And it, it's the same sort of storytelling. Like everything matters. We, we have things we have, we have weave interweaving storylines. Uh, Dave Filoni knows how to write and direct. Uh, he sure does. Good drama and good 
fantasy. Yes. Um, and that's what that's what Avatar: The Last Airbender is. If you if you've never seen it, go check it out. Go check it out. It's uh, really and that's good. what all of what Dave Filoni has done is, and it's great to see it in here anyway. But yeah, so again, just just the the inclusion of of Clone Wars and Rebels fans, uh, and sort of the. It's giving the Empire a, a Hail Hydra sort of a feel. We talked about that when it came yep. out. You know, it's like mm-hmm. this cult of personality that it became once they fell. Yes. Yeah. So that was a really good one. So I like that a lot. Now we're up to top four. Top four. Top four. So number four, I'll go first. I picked The Tragedy Season wow. 2, Episode 6. All right. Talk to me about it because I actually picked The Believer okay. Season 2, Episode 7. Wow. Okay. So finally, it took us four episodes in to finally get a difference in opinion here. Yes, I really, so why don't you talk about the tragedy? I will talk about the tragedy. I liked it a lot. I loved... This was like... This was Boba Fett's coming out party. Yes. Uh, it was really, really cool. And if you watch... Once again, if you watch the behind-the-scenes uh, episode about season two, uh, Robert Rodriguez, the director, has a whole big thing about... When he got picked to do this and they gave him the script and he read the script, uh, Boba Fett's fight scene in the script was only three pages, which uh, if anybody, if you know anything about script writing, one page equals one minute of of scene. He turned that three pages into a nine minute fight scene. Uh, And what he showed on on the behind the scenes thing, he had his two kids. Uh, dress up in Halloween costumes. One is a Boba Fett and one is like a stormtrooper. And in his backyard, because they were quarantined, so in his backyard he had these two kids acting. He's recording them. He had little action figures to show like the the spinning, like everybody like getting blown up and this guy doing this and this guy doing that. So he made his own like little mini movie to show Jon Favreau, this is what I want to do. Okay. I know you. I know you only have this listed for three minutes. This is how I want to shoot it. And John Favreau loved it. He was like, "Oh my god, that's amazing! Do it!" And it really, really, I think it made Boba Fett so much more powerful because we've always known him to be the greatest bounty hunter, but we never saw him do anything. The only thing we saw yep. was him fall into the Skylark pit. Yep. We didn't see him do anything. So now we finally saw him do something. Yep, and uh, again, uh, the I actually had the tragedy listed one above you, and I, I understand why you might put the believer above it. Honestly, or, or where, where I understand again, we talked at the beginning of this why yep. all of these are interchangeable. But mm-hmm. uh, speaking specifically on the tragedy, uh, I had this listed at number three. Okay, um, I could have had it listed at number two or number one. Honestly, I think that the top three were just so interchangeable. But for me, as someone growing up with Boba Fett being, you know. There are so many of us with Boba Fett. We we built Boba Fett up to be this amazing thing. And again, most of it was the expanded universe and our imaginations. Uh, but they finally codified it. This yes. is evidence. We yes. have evidence right here. Look at this. Mm-hmm. And and they could again. It's it's happened before where they they we have been given this setup. They could have dropped the ball drastically, and they did it exactly they, oh, yeah. right. And uh-huh. they they built. Boba Fett into, and and they made him such an interesting fighter and and powerhouse character, even with his com- dad bod, even with the dad bod, even and, with and, the but dad they bod. used it. They used it to make it better, I think, mm-hmm. because because he was able to use his weight for more strength and and but, to make it more powerful that way. Exactly, and that's that's how they they made him a different sort of badass than lights. Let's say Kyle, because I see 
Din Djarin as as like almost like I don't know like the same way in a Jedi is they're agile they're they're fast they they have all the like, and we see Din using uh you know this staff and it's 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 a very delicate sort of weapon it's almost you know when we talk about a lightsaber uh, a more sophist or a more elegant weapon from more civilized age uh, that's sort of what I get from Din Djarin you know he's he's very precise Boba Fett his fighting style is pure barbarism yes he he, yep. he has the gaffy stick mm-hmm. you know he's got he's basically he throws on that boba fett armor and he's still boba fett but he's got this nomadic sort of wild fighting style yep. to him where it's it's not polished it's just raw and yep. and awesome and, yeah and they made they turned him into this primal force that I would not have been able to imagine as a kid growing up. No. And it, it outlived my expectations. Yes, I agree 100%. The only reason I put it in number four is because I think the three above it are just that much better. I don't and, think. And, and again, I don't fault you at all, right? Yeah. Because my number four uh, was actually the believer. I don't know okay. what you had the believer at, but uh, I'm going to hop on the believer now uh, because uh, I th- it's a great episode. It's my number four. Um, and I think what carries the believer is Bill Burr's performance, which is why I ranked it higher is because of Bill Burr's performance and because of Bill Burr's uh, coming of age moment. Sure. It was the story was so important to see him go from drinking the, the juice, drinking the, the, the empire juice Right. And you, like you said, with his acting and you just see his eyes when he, hey, hey, I remember when we, when we stormed that and, and all these people died and stuff and he, yeah, they were, they were heroes. Yeah. Yeah. I remember. Bam. And you just see yep. like, and just like, he's like, you know what? You are a jerk. <laughs> well, because, cause we're keeping know, this PC. You are not a nice person. I hate you and I'm going to kill you now. And, and the way they did it was great too, because I mean, I, Rob, you, you've known me for a little while. I know you might now know that I'm a fairly sarcastic individual. Right. Um, and it, it's a pretty common knowledge thing that sarcastic individuals often use sarcasm and humor as a defense mechanism. Right. And so, again, this is psycho- this is psychology. This is oh, this yeah. is a char- this is a study on a character. You know, we have this character that we were introduced to in season one that could have been this three-dimensional wise cracking, you know, oh, he's here for the good times and the jokes. Yeah. And they could have left it at that and we'd never see him again and mm-hmm. he would have been a fine character. Um, but they brought him back and they humanized him and they developed him uh, in a way that that can't be done in a simple show. No. This is a character that is flawed, that has these these psychological tics and this, these wise cracking things because apparently he went through some stuff. He went through um, some stuff. He sure did. And you see him joking and you see him <laughs> making light of this and then he like starts to kind of get a little more serious mm-hmm. and he gets a little more philosophical and then all of a sudden, like you said, you see the, you see the lights change. Yep. You see the, the twinge happen. You see the, the veins start to, to throb a little bit. You see the eyes start to twitch and it's done. And you see like to to the whatever the guy was general or whatever he was all the people that died meant nothing to him but to bill burr they were his friends and his friends had families and they were people they weren't just pogs on a chess match you know they were they were people and and bill burr's character is why i actually ranked it number two oh uh, wow the believer because of how how deep he was now I, w- I thought it was funny that they let him go onto this planet that with 
no money, no clothes, no anything. Now what's he going to do now? But who knows? Maybe in season three we'll see him wandering around the galaxy with he's something else. He's hitchhiking. He's, he's, he's out got, there alone. He's got a, a <laughs> stick with a bag That's you know, right. <laughs> over his shoulder and his thumb out somewhere trying to get a trying to get a ride somewhere. But, yeah. But, yeah. So I, I really liked – what they did with with the Bill Burr character, with the Mayfield character in, sure. the, in that episode. So now you had that listed at number two, which obviously means that the next two, uh, you know, we have the same next two here for whether one or two, one or three here. But right. my number two uh, was the Jedi, which is my which number I assume three. is your number three. Yes, I can only assume right. And now yes. the reason I had the, the Jedi again, the Jedi and the tragedy were my my like that was my toss up. Because okay. it's my two favorite Star Wars characters, Ahsoka Tano yes. yep. and Boba Fett. Mm-hmm. And Boba Fett has been my favorite Star Wars character since I was a kid. Yep. And it was this blank, empty slate that needed to be filled. And Ahsoka Tano has been my favorite Star Wars character for the past couple of years because they've just been taking this character and building her and making her amazing. Yes. Uh, and so the, the decision for me was... Did the the rise of Boba Fett and his hype and how they handled him, did that outweigh how amazing that Ahsoka episode was for me? And I didn't think it was. Not that it wasn't great, but I not only did I love what they did with Ahsoka, one of my favorite Star Wars characters, uh, but the art direction of that episode, the Kurosawa sort of style. With the wind blowing everywhere, her cape blowing you, it was beautiful. The one scene you talked about where she was up on top of the building and Mando was down at the bottom and it was, yep. you know, the tank and the Jedi just being together and the the stylization of it was amazing. Mm-hmm. The yep. the uh, fighting in it was really good. And uh, I, I even talked – when we watched the episode, the uh, the bad well, – I forget what her name was – but the, the, the bad – woman in charge that right. had the giant sword fight with Ahsoka. She was uh, a trained um, martial artist, and she came from a big martial art family. That was Morgan Elsbeth, by the way, Magistrate yes. Elsbeth. Yes. Uh, so she, she came from a huge uh, um, karate family, uh, martial right, that art was, family. Uh, yes, uh, she is... Diana Lee... Diana Lee Inosanto. Yes. You right? say it. Uh, her father is Dan Inosanto. She's married to fellow martial artist Ron Balicki, according to Wikipedia. And her uh, her, her, uh, her uncle, I believe, uh, was Bruce Lee. Bruce Lee, yeah. So yeah. so she was a martial artist. So just the, having those two women uh, doing the martial arts in the Japanese-style house with the the little pond below it and, and on the, on the little wooden deck and everything like it was, it was amazing. So yes. Yep. And like, I agree with you a hundred percent. Um, you know, Ahsoka wasn't a kid for when I was a kid. It wasn't a, she wasn't there, but, right. uh, I did love watching her story arc grow from snips all the way up to her, her, uh, fight within herself that she didn't want to be a Jedi and leaving. And then, coming back at the last season of the clone wars and how they respected her for her, uh, her, her thought process and, and her, her willpower and, and everything like that. So it was and really, you, really And you cool. mentioned snips too. And again, uh, I don't think you can mention this episode without mentioning Rosario Dawson's performance because yeah. uh, it was awesome. You you saw snips. Yeah, you know it's clear that she watched Clone Wars and she watched she 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 
figured out who this character was because you saw flashes. You know, you did see this mature, not Jedi, because she's distinctly not a Jedi, but she's very clearly a wise, powerful Force user Yep, um, who's been around for years and years, and so probably one of the more powerful Force users in the galaxy at this point. Um, but she also, you see these flashes of this sarcasm and yep. this sort of like w- this childlike, uh, whimsy in her that is so very snips like, yes, very snips like, yes. Yeah. So it was, she did a great job. Rosario Dawson did a great job and, and I'm glad she did such a good job because I, I'm sure they went into her telling her that, you know, our plan is to have a spinoff series of this. And, you know, if you crush this, this is going to be amazing for you. And I'm excited for uh, it. And I'm, I'm very I'm excited stoked for, for it, yes. for sure. Uh, which, of course, leaves us with the number one episode for both of us, which has got to be Chapter 16, The Rescue. Yes, has to be. I mean, I mean it, it, forget about anything that happens in the first 15 minutes of the episode. The, the last scene alone seals the deal for me. My wife... Oh who has been a frequent guest and collaborator on this show was bawling her eyes out during this scene. It was just so emotional seeing finally seeing this character that we've grown to love for however many years you've been alive, right? Yep. Cause he's been around for most of some of our lives, right? Yes. And we've just been waiting for star Wars to show us what Luke Skywalker had become. We wanted to see master Skywalker. We wanted to see master and we Skywalker. Finally did. We didn't want to see old man, grumpy Skywalker. No, we wanted to see Master Skywalker, and just, I mean, you saw the battle droids and how hard it was for Mando to fight one of them because they yep. were specifically designed to resist, you know, kinetic and uh, blaster power and stuff like that. There's no normal person is going to be able to beat these droids. We're not going to protect them against... Jedi, because there's no Jedi out there, so why waste all our time and effort on that? And then just watching Luke Skywalker, which even the way they did it with, you know, you just see the black cape, and yep. you're like, oh, that's got to be Luke. But, but it, was, then you're it like, was the tiny, yeah, you're right, it was the tiny things. It was like, X-Wing, that's Luke, of course, that's but Luke. like, there's still Ooh. some doubt. Yeah, and then you're like, but maybe it's, Ahso- maybe it's Ahsoka. Because you still didn't see her head, and she did have a black cape on in the last episode when we saw her, and she has worn yep. black robes as well. So you're like, oh, it's Luke, but it could be Ahsoka. Yep. Or maybe it's somebody else. And then you're like, oh, and then you just see him slowly, methodically walking through, and then you're like, oh, that's got to be Luke. And then the, the green lightsaber comes out, and you're like, if that's not Luke, then I'm going to be really angry at this point. And then he just slices through those those droids like butter. Oh yeah, and you're like, like butter, like butter, and you're just like, yep. Now, funny thing about this episode. Guess who directed it? Tell me, Peyton Reed. Peyton Reed. Yep. Get out of here. I swear to God, Chapter Sixteen, wow. directed by Peyton Reed. Wow. So they did give him his, his redemption episode. All right. All right. After they give him Episode Two, they're like, look. <laughs> We're going to give you the worst episode of the season and the best episode of the season. So That's a a fair trade-off. It is a fair trade-off. I'm sorry to to all of you on my YouTube channel. You're getting to see my cat in action right now. So you can watch Nick's (laughs) cat uh, sit in his lap. So there we go. That's right. So, so very, yeah, um, The Rescue, number one for sure, if, if for nothing else, for finally seeing Master Luke Skywalker. 
Um, but again, it also sets up some great stuff. It sets up some really interesting Mandalorian politics for season three. Who's the leader? Uh, Bo-Katan can't just take the Darksaber. So Kyle's got the Darksaber. It's going to set up some interesting uh, drama and tension between protagonists. There was, a, there was a tweet out there that said, oh, just simple. Bo-Katan marries Kyle. And Boom. then she can be, there you go. So maybe, maybe they can cut the dark saber in half <laughs> and one person can get the left side and one can get the right there side. There you go. It's going to be hard to hold though. You have to be very careful that you're holding the side that doesn't have the... teamwork makes the dream work, Rob. That's right. You, there you go. They'll just hold it, it together. So yep. that, well... that's right. <laughs> and they can hold hands and they'll realize at the end of the day that it was the friendships they made along the way that mattered all <laughs> that along. mattered all along. <laughs> so, yeah, so we have uh, that. We also have Luke taking Grogu to train him. So And and one day get killed by Ben Solo. Maybe. Supposedly. Maybe. Supposedly. We'll see. We'll see. He killed everybody, but... I'd be know. willing to say we're going to see Grogu in The Mandalorian again. Yes. Yeah. I mean, gosh... He's like the number. Maybe he'll one. get a little more training under him. Like in the last season, last episode, there's going to be one final scene where it's very clear that Din Djarin's about to die, and a more trained uh, Grogu, lightsaber in hand, saves the day. Would be amazing. It would have to be a little lightsaber, though. Yeah, well, Yoda had a little lightsaber. Little did Yoda did have a little lightsaber. This would be a yeah. really speaking. Oh, never mind. On <laughs> on the Lego, the Lego. Uh, Razor Crest that I have, they have a baby Yoda in it. Now, okay. if, if you know anything about Legos, baby Yoda, his footprint is one Lego brick. Okay. He is the smallest little thing. Like, he goes over the hand of the Lego person. Okay. Like, that's <laughs> that's it. That's how big he is. He's so Great. tiny that he just fits right over the hand. I love it. Um, I can guarantee... Whoever has one of these and doesn't just have it on display, the baby Yoda is lost. It's gone. It's yeah, gone. for sure. <laughs> it is for sure gone. So if you have it and your kid is playing with it, kiss that baby Yoda goodbye. Because that thing is super tiny. That's right. Um, but yeah. But we've made it. We've made it to the we top of it. our list. We've, we've rounded out these season two of awesome. The Mandalorian. 16 episodes in. Um, and I got to tell you... Uh, it's one of my favorite shows of all time. Yep, I agree 100%. And it's literally the only show that I have a podcast about. That's right. So. That is the truth. That's, that I mean, that truth. says something right that there. That does say something. Right? So, so uh, here we are at the end of our list here. Uh, there, Yoda, like, that's a great shirt. Man. See? And then at the bottom it says teacher. My my wife got this for me. It says Yoda best teacher. And there's I love it. Yoda on there with a little hey, you know what, Rob? So. Yo are the best teacher. <laughs> Yoda best. Yoda <laughs> best podcaster about, that's right. about the Mandalorian. <laughs> Oh, thanks, bud. Well, we're we're so glad <laughs> we're so glad to be able to do this for you. Um, we are not going to stop the party here, nope. right? As as we did last year at the end of the season, we're going to keep talking Star Wars, even if the Mandalorian content is not out there. You can expect some more content from us at least one, uh, two or three times a month coming at you until uh, season three comes out, which I guess is going to be the end of December. But who knows? Maybe we'll get more High Republic stuff before then. Maybe the Book of Boba Fett. We're going to have a lot to talk about pretty soon. We will, because they've announced a thousand new shows. So we'll have yes. plenty of things to talk about. So Yeah, so let's make sure you catch us wherever you get your podcast. You mm -hmm. s if you have any drink uh, recipes, you send them to us at BanthamillPodcast at gmail.com. Check us out on Instagram. Check us out on Facebook. Check us out on Twitter. Um, check us out. We're not on Parlor, uh, so don't check us out on Parlor. Don't check us out. Uh, <laughs> but 
check us out pretty much anywhere else. Um, and you know, uh, that's that's about it. That's all we got for for season two. We've season wrapped two. it. Man. We wrapped it up. That is for so sure. So I finished my bath milk for the day. Uh, so I guess that means we're done. We are done. So take us out, Nick. Yeah, uh, so from all of us here at Bantha Milk Podcast Headquarters, uh, we have spoken. We have spoken.